0: The state's voting machines, the ones used in the 2020 election, are vulnerable to hackers, say cybersecurity experts like Rich
1: DeMillo. I'm one of the, the cybersecurity professionals that thinks that the more computers we have in the system, the more vulnerable it is. What?
2: That's a crazy idea. I like that guy. Get him for me, Des. He needs to be a guest today. He will. I'm
3: so scared in case I fall off my chair. Says me. And I'm wondering how i get down the
0: stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you.
2: Yes, I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. Out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on K N I Z. In Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle's K-O-D-X, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis-St. Paul's AM950. KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internet's on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, Sandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Bird and Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week, you can run but you can't hide from the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow. Says me from Bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today and welcome to the Bradcast, where we have been fighting like hell for nearly 20 years now to protect whatever is left of your democracy and your climate, among other things. Wish us luck. Listener Ron C. wrote in over the weekend to Bradcast at bradblog.com in regards our Friday show and my interview with Liz Winstead, the co-creator of The Daily Show, which just celebrated its 25th anniversary on uh, on Comedy Central. Ron's subject line, Desi Doyen, was, uh, What planet is this?
3: What does he mean?
2: Well, he goes on to write, a broadcast without soul-sucking reports that leave me wanting to gouge my own eyes out? What's this world coming to? <laughs> Besides an end, he added. <laughs> uh, well, uh, good question, Ron. Point taken. Don't worry. Today's show and, frankly, the way things are shaping up uh, today, probably the shows for the rest of the week uh, should make up for that uh, welcome-if-short-lived broadcast respite. On Friday from our multiple ongoing apocalypses. Apocalypses?
3: You say that like it's a bad thing.
2: Yeah, I know. (laughs)
3: It is what it is.
2: It is what it is. Uh, How are you, Desi Doyan? You ready for another big week? Everything's looking great. Looking good. Shot out of
3: the news cannon already. As it is. Never a dull moment. No.
2: Uh, And my thanks and apologies, by the way, to many of you who wrote in with similar gratitude for a rare broadcast that did not want to make you jump off a cliff or gouge out your own eyes. I'm sorry about that. Uh, If you did, however, miss the delightfully palate-cleansing program with my friend Liz Winstead uh, discussing the origins and the legacy of America's premier fake news show, making fake news show before fake news was cool, uh, you can, of course, download that, uh, that interview for free at bradblog.com or your favorite podcast site. But don't worry, the soul-sucking will continue on today's broadcast. I fear. The Dixie Fire in Northern California has now become the single largest, single, non-complex fire in state history, wiping out hundreds of homes and the entire historic town of Greenville. Uh, and as the hydroelectric plant at Lake Oroville has uh, had to be shut down, I believe for the first time ever, is that right, Des?
3: Yes, that is correct. Since due it was to, uh, in the '60s, since it was first opened,
2: due to the lack of water in the lake.
3: Yes, a uh, that's one of the Achilles' heels of hydropower. That when there's no <laughs> water, the power plant can't
2: run. That's a problem. Uh, As all of that's going on, the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, has now issued its newest report after eight years, describing our climate crisis now as, quote, code red for humanity. On the upside, however, the uh, U.S. Senate, while Republicans are doing all they can to delay it, is still on track to pass a $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure deal over the next 24 hours or so. That could be done, at least in the Senate. Uh, And on Monday, uh, the uh, the Senate Democrats issued more details on the uh, Democratic-only reconciliation deal, the framework for that deal, which will invest an additional $3.5 trillion in infrastructure, health care, education, renewable energy and, yes, efforts to manage our worsening code red climate emergency, though it will still be a matter of month be- months before both deals are signed, passed in both houses and signed by the president. But the trajectory is looking good anyway, at least as of today. Voting rights and the GOP attacks on democracy itself, however, continue unabated with uh, somewhat bleaker hopes that Democratic Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema will come around to finally appreciate the urgency of this moment and realize that reforming or eliminating the Senate filibuster in order to adopt federal voting and election protection to counter the voter suppression efforts at the state level. Uh, is now urgently needed to at least try and save American democracy, which is necessary to at least try and solve all of the other ongoing problems that I was uh, mentioning there. I actually uh, have a bit more uh, hope than many do, I think, today as uh, as far as um, reforming the filibuster to pass federal voting legislation. Uh, But I'll try and explain that as the week of shows progresses. we got a lot to talk about this week. Um, Well, everything both good and terrible is now seemingly happen all happening all at the same time, seems to me. Uh, And oh, yeah, with infection rates for covid-19 once again spiking even out here in California, even as towns burn, And some are on the verge of running out of water altogether amid a 20-year mega drought that is now getting very, very serious. Amongst all of that, Republicans here in the state are seizing the moment to, well, to do what? To oust the state's Democratic governor for some reason. The Democratic governor who is actually trying to do something about all of the above. And a gubernatorial recall that seemed ridiculous just weeks ago is suddenly not so ridiculous at all, at least according to new polling out last week. New polling from Emerson College found that voters are nearly evenly split over the recall vote for California Governor Gavin Newsom. The survey found a a remarkable 46% of voters were in favor of the recall vote against Newsom, while 48% said they were opposed. That's pretty much within the margin of error, a dead heat. The remaining 6% said they were undecided yet about the recall. But if, if that poll is anywhere near correct, obviously those remaining undecided voters at this point are enough to tip the scales to remove the governor and replace him with Well, nobody actually knows. There are scores of Republicans who are running to replace him if voters on question one on the recall ballot on September 14, if they vote yes on question one, um, then it's a matter of picking someone, anyone, I guess, in this long list of random Republicans on question two to replace Gavin Newsom. Emerson College noted that the percentage of undecided voters had fallen by 3% in their latest survey, while those in favor of the recall had risen by 3%. So, the move to oust Gavin Newsom is gaining speed, decidedly. And it's very close right now. The majority of Republicans and independents were in favor of recalling Newsom. Uh, But this is not actually the joke recall that I think many Democrats here in this very blue state seem to believe it is. This coming from a guy who told you the same thing about Donald Trump's original run for the presidency back in 2016 when everyone thought it was a joke. Pay attention, people. If you are not registered to vote or you have moved since the last election, Californians can register online. You can go to to registertovote.ca.gov in order to do so. Registertovote.ca.gov. You can do that up until August 30th in order to receive a vote-by-mail ballot for the ridiculous September 14 recall elections, but you can also register in person thereafter during early voting or even on election day. And while the secretary of state here in California has said uh, that the state will send vote by mail ballots to all registered voters again in this election due to the pandemic, allowing voters to cast a verifiable hand marked paper ballot. Many voters prefer or Some even need to, for whatever reason, to vote in person, which is usually, usually a better idea at least when there are verifiable hand-marked paper ballots that you are allowed to use at the polling place to cast your vote. Sadly, however, here in Los Angeles County, the state's and the nation's most populous uh, uh, voting jurisdiction, the geniuses in charge here, namely L.A. County Registrar Recorder County Clerk Dean Logan, recently changed our voting systems to require voters at the polling place to vote on 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems that print out a computer-marked paper ballot, either correctly or incorrectly, who knows, to then be scanned by yet another computer. Uh, That's what is now available for you at the polling places here in Los Angeles and that is also true in neighboring counties of Riverside and even San Diego which uh, both use the very same unverifiable and as I reported late last week wildly vulnerable touchscreen voting systems made by Dominion voting systems that are now forced on voters across the entire state of Georgia which we cover quite a bit on this program In Georgia, the longtime uh, nonpartisan voting system watchdog group, Coalition for Good Governance, has been suing in federal court to ban those very machines from use before this November's elections in that state due to the dangers that they pose to verifiable, secure elections. There is no such lawsuit here, even though those same machines are being used in San Diego and in Riverside. The group, the Coalition for Good Governance, was successful in winning a federal court order back in 2018 uh, requiring the state to to replace its old unverifiable touchscreen systems made by Diebold. Uh, they had to replace them with new systems. That's the good news. But the bad news is that the state's Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, Despite pleas from the nation's top cybersecurity and voting systems experts to go to a hand-marked paper ballot system, instead, Raffensberger replaced those old touchscreens with new unverifiable and, yes, vulnerable touchscreen systems last year instead, rather than moving to hand-marked ballots. The coalition is now hoping to see those new systems also banned for many of the same reasons that the old Diebold systems were banned after 20 years by a federal judge. Namely, because experts say that they are unverifiable, they are unsecure and thus have no place in American elections, whether in Georgia or here in California or in many of the other states and counties from Philadelphia to north carolina to houston texas to parts of ohio which now use foolishly enough these similar so-called computer ballot marking devices or bmds as we have railed against for so many years on this program and at bradblog.com despite the warnings these systems are now used in states and counties covering some 20 percent of the nation easily uh, recording enough votes or printing out enough votes to flip any election really in the country. In truth, with no way of proving after the election that any of the ballots printed by these systems actually reflect the intent of any voter. Proponents of such systems, be they the Georgia's uh, Republican Secretary of State or L.A. County's Democratic County Clerk, the proponents say they're perfectly safe because they produce a computer-marked paper ballot that voters may review before casting into the optical scan computer tally system. If there's ever any questions about it, we can go back to those paper ballots. But the question is, the the word may is doing a lot of work in that last sentence. They may review them before casting them. Voting system and cybersecurity experts say it is not quite that simple, that in fact... Studies show that the vast majorities of, majority of voters do not actually check the computer printout to make sure that it reflects their intended votes that they cast on the touchscreen. And that of the minority who actually do check those paper ballots, the majority of them do not notice when the computer has changed or simply left off one of their votes. A new... Secret study last November by Georgia's Secretary of State found exactly that. But the results of that study were kept secret for some reason. I wonder why the uh, Republican Secretary of State who chose those systems wouldn't want to let us know about the results. They were kept secret until the Atlanta Journal-Constitution last week was able to obtain the rather startling results results of that study commissioned by Brad Raffensperger in November. The paper got at them via Georgia's Open Records Act. And at the same time, in the Coalition of Good Governance's federal lawsuit to ban those systems entirely, at least in Georgia, the same ones we use here in California, expert witnesses for the plaintiffs have filed reports after studying the system's Which one report, uh, being so damning, apparently, finding such startling vulnerabilities in these voting systems that the federal judge has sealed his report even from the plaintiffs themselves. Even the plaintiffs who hired the expert do not get to look at the expert's report. Yes, it is that bad, according to the judge, it seems. That the vulnerabilities of these voting systems, which allow bad actors to change votes without anybody knowing, it's so bad that that information needs to be kept a secret, even from the plaintiffs, and apparently from both the Secretary of State and the voting system company, Dominion. Though in both cases... Uh, It it may be that neither the Secretary of State nor the voting machine company actually wants to know about how vulnerable these godforsaken systems actually are to manipulation. Better to keep it a dirty little secret, I guess, as those very same systems are set to be used in the upcoming recall here in California over the next month. A recall election that is now said to be a dead heat, according to the latest polling. This seems sort of immediately important to me, but what do I know? One of those cybersecurity and voting systems experts serving as an expert witness in the Coalition for Good Governance's federal lawsuit, the one who I believe is allowed to discuss his testimony in the case out loud. I don't know if he has any court-ordered secrets or not, but we will find out. He is here to join us today, Rich Richard DeMillo. One of the nation's top experts in this field and founder of Georgia Tech's new College of Cybersecurity joins us next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't tell anyone. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com with Dirty Little Secrets. Glad you could uh, stick with us here because uh, the upcoming California gubernatorial recall is said to be a dead heat right now. And yet a huge chunk of the state, while they will be sent a vote-by-mail ballot, a huge chunk of voters will still be forced to vote on 100% unverifiable touchscreen systems at the polling places. Shamefully enough, that is true here in Los Angeles County, the largest county in the state and in the nation and in neighboring counties like Riverside and San Diego, comprising a huge swath of state voters. Meanwhile, the exact same touchscreen systems that are used in San Diego and Riverside made by Dominion Voting Systems are the ones being challenged in federal court in Georgia where they are now used across the entire state, despite the fact that as the Republican Secretary of State there, uh, who commissioned his own secret study last November, found the vast majority of voters who use those systems do not bother to review the computer-printed ballot created by this ballot-marking device system, or BMD system. They don't look at the ballots before depositing that printed ballot into the computer scanner to be tallied by yet another computer. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger kept his study a secret from the public until journalist Mark Nies of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution was able to shake it out. Uh, Via an open records request, he was able to get at the results and Rappensberger's own study, the guy who is forcing all voters at the polls in Georgia to use these systems. He found out that, as we detailed on the show last week, the vast majority of voters, 81 percent who are forced to use these touchscreen BMDs, do not bother to review the computer marked printouts before casting them for more than five seconds. A smaller majority, 51%, either looked at their ballot for less than one second or not at all. 20% didn't bother to look at all. In all, just... 19% of voters, according to the Secretary's own taxpayer-funded study of more than 4,000 voters in 39 precincts last November, reviewed their computer-printed ballots to ensure that they were accurate for more than five seconds. Just 19% of voters. As remarkable as that, after obtaining these dreadful, terrifying results to this study... In addition to keeping them secret, Raffensberger gave this jaw-dropping Orwellian comment to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution once the AJC actually got at this information. Raffensberger said, quote, This research shows voters do indeed review their ballots for accuracy before casting them. What? He then went on to falsely assert that the study was, quote, Proof the votes that were counted were for the candidates that the voter intended. What? You might as well have gone on to say that day is night and black is white and war is peace. But that is not all. The nonpartisan, nonprofit Coalition for Good Governance, which successfully sued in federal court to get rid of Georgia's 20-year-old Diebold touchscreen systems, only to see them replaced by these god-awful Dominion touchscreen systems, is suing. In the same federal court, with the same federal judge, to try to get another order to ban these new systems. Because they're both unverifiable and unsecure. That, according to one of the expert witnesses hired by the plaintiff, J. Alex Halderman... Uh, He's now director of the University of Michigan's Center for Security. He was granted access to the specific Dominion BMDs used in Georgia, the very same ones that are used here in San Diego and Riverside County, in advance of the gubernatorial recall. uh, He was allowed to examine these systems for vulnerability to hacking and manipulation as part of the court case. The findings, however, were so startling, apparently... That the judge sealed his 25,000-word report, not even allowing the plaintiffs to see it. He's an expert for the plaintiffs, but the plaintiffs themselves can't see it. It's marked for attorneys only. For both the plaintiffs and the defendants. And the coalition's director, Marilyn Marks, told me last week that neither Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger or Dominion Voting Systems has filed a motion with the court asking to look at the findings themselves. They do not want to know what is in it. If Dominion did find out what was in it, for example, they'd have to report that to the Federal Elections Assistance Commission, at least under California state law. Of course, if San Diego and Riverside don't know about the findings of this report, maybe they would like to know as well what is in it before they force these machines on voters over the next month for the, uh, for the September recall election of the governor. But if they don't know about it, they can't report it either. But Halderman did submit an unsealed declaration, hinting at the urgency of his court-sealed report, noting that his findings must be, quote, urgently addressed by the Secretary of State. He said, quote, my testing has shown that the BMDs used in Georgia, same ones used here in California, suffer from specific, highly exploitable vulnerabilities that allow attackers to change votes. This is Halderman warning in his public deca- declaration about what is in his sealed report. He goes on to say that, quote, Uh, established practice in the security field would require state defendants to promptly subject Georgia's voting system to rigorous testing in response to my report to assess the extent and significance of each of the vulnerabilities that I described and to identify and promptly implement specific measures where possible to eliminate or mitigate each of those vulnerabilities. When that declaration was filed last week, suddenly, even local television news channels in, uh, in, in uh, Atlanta started sounding like the broadcast after all of these years.
3: Cybersecurity experts are sounding the alarm about Georgia's voting system, a newly filed court brief.
0: So they are suggesting that cities like Atlanta switch to handmarked paper ballots in elections coming up this fall instead of the Dominion voting machines that were purchased by the state in 2019.
3: 11 Live's Doug Richards is live in Midtown to explain. Doug?
0: This is a critique that is separate and distinct from complaints raised uh, after the 2020 election discredited complaints raised by supporters of, Donald, of, of President Trump. Instead, these are critiques being made by cybersecurity experts, folks whose lives and work are intertwined with computers who say that Georgia is asking for trouble by continuing to use the state's computerized voting systems. The state's voting machines, the ones used in the 2020 election, are vulnerable to hackers say cybersecurity experts like Rich any, DeMillo. Any,
1: I'm one of the, the, the cybersecurity professionals that thinks that the more computers we have in the system, the more vulnerable it is.
0: DeMillo is the founder of Georgia Tech's new college of cybersecurity. He says the state's voting system can be hacked through networks or by infecting one machine in a voting booth. Another computer hacking expert wrote a court brief detailing how he, with the blessing of a federal judge, EXPERIMENTALLY HACKED SOME OF GEORGIA'S VOTING MACHINES. THE COURT SEALED THE REPORT TO AVOID TIPPING OFF REAL HACKERS HOW TO DO IT. THE STATE'S ELECTRONIC VOTING MACHINES ARE SET TO BE USED IN ATLANTA'S CITY ELECTION THIS YEAR. STATE ELECTION OFFICIALS SAY THE MACHINES WORKED LAST FALL, DESPITE UNSUBSTANTIATED CLAIMS OF WIDESPREAD FRAUD BY FORMER PRESIDENT TRUMP AND SOME OF HIS BACKERS. YET, DR. DEMILLO SAYS ONE SUCCESSFUL ELECTION DOESN'T UNDO THE THREAT OF A HACKED ELECTION.
1: THE ANALOGY WE USE IN CYBERSECURITY IS, is TO RUSSIAN ROULETTE. Uh, if, IF YOU KNOW THERE'S A BULLET IN THE CHAMBER um, uh, AND IT DIDN'T KILL YOU THE FIRST TIME YOU TRIED, THAT'S NOT AN EXCUSE FOR SPINNING THE CHAMBER AGAIN uh, and, and, AND PULLING THE TRIGGER
0: so the secretary of state issued a statement uh, saying that the state remains vigilant and is constantly in touch with federal and state security partners uh, to protect georgia's elections uh, the state bought this election system in 2019 after having to change over from a 20-year-old uh, previous election system also computer-based and uh, those some of these secures, uh, some of these concerns were raised prior to that purchase And the state has shown that uh, it is interested very much in continuing to use the computer system that we used in the election last year.
2: Yeah. So they want to just continue to use that system despite all of these concerns. Joining us now is the expert you heard being interviewed in that 11 Live WXIA evening news report last week in Atlanta. Because those very same machines are used not only in Georgia, but also in California, also in other states around the country. Richard DeMillo is a professor of computing at Georgia Institute of Technology, where he is now the founder, as you heard, of Georgia Tech's new College of Cybersecurity. Before joining Georgia Tech, he was Hewlett Packard's uh, chief technology officer. He held a leadership position at the National Science Foundation. His research... Contributions include computer security, cryptography, software engineering. He served on several different boards for cybersecurity and privacy companies and organizations, including the Verified Voting Foundation. He is also an expert witness in the Coalition for Good Governance's federal lawsuit seeking to ban the Dominion Voting System's touchscreens. Their BMD systems in Georgia, though, uh, hopefully he is one who is not blocked from speaking publicly about what he has learned about these voting machines that are now being used all over the country. Yes, including here in California, where a dead heat gubernatorial recall is just over a month away. Professor Richard DeMillo, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. Hi, Brad. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure that I could ring the bell any louder, uh, Rich, about these BMD systems than I have been for well, really, almost two decades. Even when uh, many computer scientists were actually recommending these systems, incredibly enough, now many more have uh, changed their mind. It seems. Are you one of the computer scientists and voting systems experts who believes that these systems can be used safely in? An election beyond as an assistive device for a you know a limited number of disabled voters who actually need them to vote.
1: Well, if the, the more machines you you use, um, the the more likely it is that they're going to be they're going to be hacked. I mean, it, it's it's just it's just a matter of numbers. Um, the machines are vulnerable. Uh, there are people that are, are adversarial that want access to the, the machines. The more you make it available to them, the more likely it is that they'll be used in the, in that way. Um so you know we know we know that this is an assistive technology for for disabled voters. Mm-hmm. You can argue about whether or not it's a good assistive technology, but it's 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 what's what's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you go beyond that uh, you're opening yourself up to to a lot of uh, a lot of risks that seems to be unnecessary
2: before I get to what you know and don't know about um what Alex Holderman found. Uh, when when allowed to examine these systems directly, uh, leading to his really red alert code red warning, as I see it, uh, were you surprised by Raffensperger's secret study that I mentioned in the intro that most voters do not bother to review their computer-printed ballot for anything more than about one second, if at all?
1: Uh, no, not surprised because because this is this is maybe the most widely conducted experiment in um uh, in uh, election security do voters verify their ballots if so do they do it accurately and and there's literally 20 years of research that says no and it's it's observational research we do it we do ex- experiments uh, there's a lot of cognitive science that, that says that people just aren't very good at remembering 20 pages worth of ballot uh, and um, and I used to spend a lot of my time working with educational psychologists I know that skills like um, reviewing for accuracy uh, can be learned, but they can be learned only with repetition and testing. And the things that we don't do with voters, both right. people, uh, okay, occasionally to vote, we don't we don't give them tests to see what kind of proofreaders they are.
2: Yeah, A- every time one of those studies comes out, and I and I think you actually did one of them in in Tennessee not long ago, if I'm remembering correctly. I'm I shouldn't be yep. surprised. But, I am surprised because the the numbers are so huge of people who don't bother to look, and even those who do bother to look uh, in in studies, we have found that they don't notice when the computer has changed their vote. Now, Alex Halderman's sealed study is obviously very troubling and urgent, just based on what he has said in his, uh, public declaration about it. Since uh, he's not actually allowed by the federal judge to share the actual contents of that report, um, as an expert w- a witness on this same case, are you privy to what Holderman has discovered during his uh, direct examination of these voting systems? Uh,
1: no, not 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 really. I'm 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 not a retained expert on the case. I'm mm. a, I'm a since, since I'm an employee of a public university. Um, I'm barred from, um, from testifying against the state in, in any case. But, mm-hmm. but I, I do get called in mm-hmm. uh, to give expert testimony, um, um, but, but not, not as an expert for any, um, any side. Uh, in any case, I, I, think, I think that the court has ordered the, uh, the Halderman report pretty closely held. And it's it, it sealed. Um, there's just a handful of people that have access to it. I'm not one of them.
2: I, I got to tell you, when uh, Marilyn Marks, the uh, founder and, and director of uh, the coalition, when she told me recently that that she uh, who, and, you know, she's a plaintiff in this case, the coalition, um, that she, even she was not able to look at this report by the plaintiff's own expert. I was kind of stunned. I, I've never heard of anything like that in a court case. Have you? And, and is there good reason for this?
1: Uh, there's no good reason for it. it. It happens more often than you'd like to um, like to imagine and and I think part of this is just human nature. if, if you if there's something bad um, and and you think that it can be exploited against you, you want to hide it you, you don't want anyone else to um, to know about it. Um, but in in the world of cybersecurity, um, that just means that that you're the only one that doesn't know about it because because if if you know it, you have to assume that your adversary knows it too, mm-hmm. uh, and you know if, if one, if one, um, uh, admittedly terrific professor in Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, can mount the the kind of attack that he apparently has mounted, you know certainly five thousand um, software engineers in uh, uh, Saint Petersburg, Russia, are able to uh, to figure it out too. And so, what you what you'd like to have is is kind of a um, a parity in information. You would like you would like their to be not only information that is known, but your adversary knows that you know it. Mm-hmm. So we'll think twice about mounting the attack because he knows that, um, that, that you have likely thought about uh, how to counter that, that vulnerability. That kind of advantage disappears once you uh, once you keep things secret
2: uh, you know and yeah, security by obscurity it's sometimes called. i I I understand, you know when these studies uh, a few years back a decade or so ago now we had a what was called a top to bottom review of all of the voting machines that had been certified here in California. and some of the findings were so uh, disturbing and so disastrous that uh, they remained. Um, redacted from the public report. But here, this is a court case. And the fact that the plaintiffs themselves can't see what's in this report and that the defendants here, uh, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, uh, Dominion Voting Systems, uh, apparently neither of them have filed motions themselves to see the report. Is that unusual that even Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, even Dominion, the the company who manufactures these machines, it seems like they don't want to know what Alex Halderman found. Is that a reasonable assumption?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to speculate about about motives, but but you know, certainly if they knew about it, if they if they if they knew what was in the report, and the report um, uh, has has anything approaching the level of of. Uh, um, of uh, a vulnerability that that Alex describes in his summary report, mm-hmm. they would have to do something about it. And so so not knowing about it uh, kind of gives them breathing room to try to figure out, so what are we going to do about this?
2: <laughs> uh, it's nice to stay stupid, I guess. Uh, you know what what <laughs> what Alex uh, found, <clears throat> Alex Holderman found when he looked at these, uh, these are the Dominion voting systems, uh, image cast x, I think is their name, uh, the BMDs in Georgia. Uh, Whatever he found, um, should should that be of note or alarm to the state of California, where the exact same systems are being used uh, in the in the large riverside and San Diego counties for this upcoming gubernatorial recall? Not to mention very similar touchscreen systems that are now used across the entire county of Los Angeles with enough votes uh really in any of those three large counties to uh flip the results of this supposedly dead heat recall election either way. Should counties out here in California be alarmed about what seems to be happening in Georgia?
1: Yeah, you would think so. I mean as as customers of uh of Dominion or ESS or any of the voting machine uh companies, they rely on representations uh, that the that that the vendor makes and and um um, by not having access to the the the, the report, the the specifics of the, of the vulnerabilities, they really have no way of doing diligence due diligence on on what the uh, what the vendors and and, um, and their their supporters are are telling them. So uh, it, it, it it would seem to me that 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 California Michigan, places that are using uh, the, these devices um, would have some kind of access to be able to to make that decision for themselves.
2: Now, you know, I'm usually not a fan of, uh, of vote by mail, to be frank, uh, for a number of reasons. Um, but if the choice is between voting by mail on a hand-marked paper ballot uh, and hopefully delivering it in person to the voting jurisdiction uh, or using a touchscreen device at the polls, is there any question in your mind, Richard DeMillo, um, but that voters should vote on a hand-marked paper absentee ballot instead of using these touchscreen devices?
1: Uh, no question at all. Uh, if if you if you look at the vulnerabilities, even in in, in by mail, they sort of pale by comparison to the scale at which you could do damage using um, using this this technology. Let's keep in mind these are computers, and and uh, they're they're computers that are are available to the general public. Um, it's a, it's an Android tablet that you use to indicate your um, uh, your choice. It's a it's a consumer grade HP printer. That's used to to print things. Um, uh, these are these are things that that are easy to buy in bulk uh, and um, and 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 analyze. And this is what cybersecurity people do on a daily basis. They they take this equipment apart uh, and 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 poke at it, and look for vulnerabilities, look for different ways of using the machines than the designers anticipated. Um, they um, uh, they make um, they make agreements with with um, with um, uh, with third parties that go back um, decades sometimes you know the uh, the solar winds attack that we heard about mm-hmm. in in january was was the result uh, of a of a Russian investment uh in infiltrating uh, western um, uh, software development infrastructure so by by installing these back doors uh, in virtually every Network management system that's used in a in a, a software development organization, including the most sensitive agencies of the U.S. government. Um, they were able to 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 sell access to to those those systems. Um, and every every time we we kind of peek under the covers and see what about this vulnerability? What about that that vulnerability? Mm-hmm. We find out that yes, these machines are subject to the same sorts of um, sorts of attacks. And and then then it becomes a really difficult technical problem to figure out how difficult is it to to mount the attack uh, are there are there ways to mitigate it that can be incorporated in the design are there ways to recover uh, from the attack once uh, once it happens there's a there's a new emphasis uh, these days in the idea of resilience in, in these systems which basically says well we understand that you can't trust the components of computer systems anymore so what do we do about that we check we verify back to the issue of verification Verification is at, the, is at the root of all this. you can't verify voters' intent with, with a tangible physical object like a piece of paper that has been hand-marked, hand you're in real trouble.
2: And the reason you can't verify it with that piece of paper when you're dealing with a computer-printed ballot is because, going back to the point that I we made earlier, that if people don't review the ballots, if people who do review the ballots don't notice if the vote has changed, then what are you actually you know, auditing against if you're using that uh, that that ballot, that computer marked ballot uh, as your, you know, supposedly trustworthy uh, data source. It's not trustworthy. Do you have uh, confidence, Rich DeMillo, that the federal judge in Atlanta? I know you've been following that case closely. uh, Do you have any confidence that she understands these many concerns and that she'll eventually take action on the Dominion systems as she sagely did in, uh, in banning the older Diebold touchscreen systems in Georgia?
1: Well, one could hope. I mean, she's, she's a, she's a very thoughtful person. She, she, she wrote um, um, really a thesis uh, on this back when she uh, issued her, um, her first order Mm -hmm. about the, 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 um, um, the, not the Bella marking, the Diebold uh, DRE system. Yeah. Uh, and and so, and so she's she's not uh, she's not shy about digging into the technical details and figuring out what's what's going on. I, I think the 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 environment has changed sufficiently, and and you know you really don't know um, what else she's weighing against against, for example, releasing the report. To the um, to the, the general public and and those are the kinds of things that that I think are are, are weighing on our minds now mm-hmm. as we as we look at what seems to be a pretty easy call but but you never know how things are gonna go
2: yeah I was actually as as disappointing as it was that that uh, information was kept sealed I was actually somewhat heartened because it t- sort of told me that the judge understands uh, how troubling this is and uh, frankly how vulnerable apparently these systems are Um, Rich, I, I suspect many are hearing our conversation today and they worry that this just adds fodder to those on the right who are making, you know, evidence free claims that the election was stolen from Donald Trump in 2020. Is there any evidence? You're in Georgia. Uh, where there's been obviously a lot of action on this. Is there any evidence about nine months since uh, the November 2020 election to support the notion that in Georgia, where the Republican secretary of state did certify Joe Biden as the winner by about 12,000 votes, that Joe Biden did not actually win the state?
1: Yeah. So um, the the question of what does it take to be fodder uh, is an interesting one to to talk about. Uh, You know, there, there, that the stop the steal people are, are willing to take any fact and, and run with it as, as supporting their, their point of view. So, you know, you you worry that um, they're divulging technical details feeds into a narrative that they have, but but they seem to be willing to construct whatever narrative um, has has consistency with with. as if you had zero trust mm-hmm. uh, in, in in the components of your system. Uh, and uh, as we saw from President Biden's executive order on exactly this topic, um, directing federal agencies to adrop, adopt a zero-trust stance for, for mm-hmm. information and communications technology, that means you have to include verification at every step. And, and verification, I think, is precluded by the ballot-marking devices. If you use have universal-use ballot-marking devices... Um, you will inevitably, regardless of what you do, in the face of, ta- of an attack, have fraudulent ballots deposited as as valid ballots in the ballot box to be counted, and therefore destroy any possibility of, of conducting a recount or conducting a statistically meaningful audit.
2: But has evidence emerged to actually suggest that there was? Uh, either fraudulent ballots uh, put into the box that would have changed the results, uh, or that these voting systems, these you know, brand new touchscreen systems were in some way gamed. I know one of the problems with the BMDs is that there actually is no evidence. We, we can't rely on the evidence. But you know, has anything emerged to, uh, that you have seen that makes you believe that Donald Trump actually won in Georgia and Joe Biden did not?
1: So red flags is what you're talking about. No, there, there really hasn't been red flags in the in the um, in the 2020 um, election. You would expect to see um, uh, public reports of anomalies uh, that that occurred. Not the kinds of anomalies that the that the Mike Lindell um, uh, people are 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 trying to pursue, but but real real genuine anomalies. People people reporting in 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 sufficient numbers. Um, to election officials uh-huh. that that the ballot marking devices marked incorrectly, or that, that there was there was some some um, mishandling of the um, of the the ballots, and and they simply didn't occur. I mean, even even given all of the the high profile problems in places like Fulton County, um, there were not election day reports that 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 said, gee, this entire this entire minority neighborhood was disenfranchised of its of its right to to vote, um, and and those are the kinds of things that would not have necessarily been um, been definitive, but they would have been red flags. It uh-huh. would have caused people to, to 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 kind of peel back the technology and see what was what was going on. None of that happened. You know, the, the, about sixty of us wrote a letter on this to the Department of Homeland Security mm-hmm. um, last last spring, right after right after the election, and. Uh, and made, made the point that, that you can have these two things exist simultaneously, that, that the machines are vulnerable, that if someone wanted to attack them, they could, they could attack them. That can exist alongside with, with the complete lack of evidence that, that those vulnerabilities were, were exploited. Um, maybe, maybe because they didn't think they had to be exploited, maybe because there were other ways of influencing the, the, the election. But it doesn't, it doesn't, Change the fact that the vulnerabilities exist. My, you know, my, I think my my Russian roulette example yeah. is um, is is a pretty good one here. If, if there's yep. a, if you know there's a bullet in the chamber, just don't spin the chamber again. Um, <laughs> yes. Put the gun down, and, and and that's that's sort of where we are right now.
2: It is indeed, and uh, where I I got I got to get out here, uh, Richard DeMillo, But um, I I had hoped to ask you about. We'll we'll try to play it on the show. This. Remarkable takedown by CNN of, since you mentioned Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, uh, and his claims that absolute proof that the election was stolen from Trump. You were one of the experts who were named by CNN uh, when they went and asked, you know, dozens of cybersecurity and voting systems experts to review what Lindell, uh, his so-called absolute proof. But every expert CNN talked to seemed to have determined that Lindell's absolute proof was proof of absolutely nothing. Uh is that a, is that the proper way to characterize that in the 30 seconds or so that I've got here before I got to get out?
1: Yeah, so so the only thing that I proved is that Mike Lindell understands nothing about how elections are conducted in the in, in the US. So so literally every word that comes out of his mouth um about about elections and whether or not they were hacked and how how they're conducted um is simply contradicted by facts and and uh, what he shows as proof is kind of meaningless stuff. Maybe it's a it's a totem that he that he that he uses to to pull people into this this fantasy world. Um, but but it's it's not it's not probative of anything. And and so um, you know, we sh- we really shouldn't be giving um, that much exposure to um, to those kinds of of ravings. I mean, there there are other things to think about in election security. That's not one of them.
2: <laughs> I have no idea how Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy sleeps at night. Rich DeMillo is a professor of uh, computing. He's the founder now of Georgia Tech's new College of Cybersecurity. Uh, You can find uh, links to his work via DeMillo.com. You can find him on the Twitters at Rad underscore ATL, as as in uh, Rad underscore Atlanta. Uh, and uh, Richard DeMello, I really appreciate your time today and all the work that you have done uh, in recent years in trying to get out the words about these concerns. I suspect we'll be talking about it again in the uh, not-too-distant future. Thank you, Richard DeMello. Thank you, Brad. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will come back with... Oh, somebody had called in with... Oh, they hung up. All right, well... Then we'll come back and we'll talk about climate. Or you can give me a call if you have any questions or concerns about what we've been talking about here. 818-985-5735. Uh, but as I say, otherwise, I've got plenty to talk about today with this fire hose of news, especially on the, cli- uh, on the uh, climate front. I'll try to hit at least some of that with Desi Doyen next on the broadcast. unless you feel like calling in 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the broadcast. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Um, does you said uh, that person who hung up uh, had a good question. What, what was it? Uh, his quickly?
3: question was, he says, okay, so you have this ballot printing device, this yeah. computerized BMD. It prints it up. The voter maybe does or maybe doesn't verify it. But how do we know if the computer recorded the vote correctly inside where ah. you can't see it?
2: Yeah, good question. We don't. We have no idea unless... You do a, a some sort of a hand count of those paper ballots afterwards, either a complete hand count or some sort of a randomized audit. You can uh, check to make sure that the computer recorded the ballots the same way that you are able to hand count them. In other words, we don't know if the computer counted it accurately unless we have humans do it, begging the question as to why humans don't do it in the first place. But when it comes to BMDs that are computer marked, if you can't know that that is what the voter actually meant to vote then even counting the those paper ballots by hand all it does is tell you the computer counted those paper ballots uh... accurately or not it doesn't tell you if that's the way that the voters actually meant to vote which brings us back to hand marked paper ballots And why I'm uh, such a madman on that. Very quickly before we get out, thanks for that uh, uh, call. Sorry he couldn't stick around. Uh, More than 2,000 people on the Greek island of Evia were forced to evacuate by boat over the weekend as raging wildfires continue to spread, wiping out homes, reducing the landscape to ashes and destroying entire villages. We saw a similar evacuation by boat last week in Turkey, hoping to, uh, with people hoping to outrun yet another of dozens of such devastating fires now rolling across Europe. Well, we saw the same thing here last week in the U.S. here in California when the entire town of Greenville, California burned down. But we are seeing these pictures now from all across the globe. Uh, Greek officials say there's uh, almost 600 firefighters working to bring the fires under control out there, triggered by the country's worst heat in 30 years, a consequence of global warming, a warming planet, which thank you, Washington Post, for mentioning that and actually pretty early in the story to boot. So maybe they're learning over there. But thousands of buildings have had suffered incalculable damage, according to uh, the uh, Greek newspaper Kathimerini. Marini. Um, and if you've seen any of these videos coming out of this evacuation, I mean, it looks like green screen fire behind them. It looks like it must be fake with fire on all sides as these passenger ferries are trying to evacuate residents in the middle of this firestorm in the middle of the night. Well... Uh, that is the subject, <laughs> even as it's happening right before our eyes, of the U.N.'s Intergovernmental Panel on uh, on Climate Change, their new report out on Monday, which we're going to be talking about in the weeks ahead. But the, um, the uh, head uh, author of that report, Linda Mearns, The uh, senior climate scientist at the U.S. National Center for Atmospheric Research says it is just guaranteed that all of this is going to get worse. She says there is nowhere to run. There is nowhere to
0: hide. I used to say when I was talking about climate change that climate change is serious, certain, and soon. But this is no longer accurate. Now it is very serious, very certain, and now...
2: The uh, report is described today as code red for humanity, Desi Doyen.
3: Yes, yes, I know. Now, there's some things that are in there. We'll get into more detail later, but uh, it's it's a dire report. It's as we expected. Listeners to the broadcast and the Green News Report will not be surprised by these findings. But there is a window of hope, and that is what we're going to focus on.
2: We will focus on that in the days ahead, I'm sure. Thank you very much, Desi Doyen, our producer. Thanks to my board operator, Federico Garcia, and to all of you for spending a portion of Your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, it's always available for free at bradblog.com. My thanks also to Richard DeMillo of Georgia Tech's College of Cybersecurity and Privacy. Drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. I'll see you there until we see you here hopefully tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.